The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. Art's coming to us from a Porsche Cayenne, apparently. Um, did you hit the button, Art? Are you good? Uh, yeah, the hazards are flashing. And nice. the sunroof's center, opening now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, when you when you hold the key on a BMW, like uh, on the door, like in the one direction, all the doors go down, the sunroof mm. opens. Like, that's what the I was The doors going. go down. Weird. I mean, the- <laughs> Z1. It's a Z1. It's a Z1. Z1. It's a Z1. <laughs> you have to hold it as the door goes down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, welcome to Driving Well Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. I'm Art. And I'm Brian. This is a Thursday edition. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, got a lot of good questions to get to. Um, got a little storm rolling in here, boys, huh? Yeah, everybody, everybody's First talking it up. Big storm. Big deal. I know. We'll see what happens. It's probably going to be nothing. But, tell yeah. tell us more. I, I really haven't been reading the news. I've just been hearing a few people. Uh, hearing some there, There's some a buzz. Rumors. Rumors. Can I say it? Nothing can I, specific. Can I, I already know what you're going to say. Can I say it? I, I, I just want to say it. Yeah. Atmospheric river. <laughs> Bring it the- in. <laughs> Bring it all together. Have, have claims been made in that yeah in that sense uh atmospheric river yeah. it's 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 on the news yeah talking yeah. about ev- evacuating like Boulder creek and places like that yeah so those mandatory evacuations that's that happened and then they just shut down uh big sur highway one from big sur to ragged point sorry croc wow, dawn patrol long. is out Dang. now i have to drive but all the good roads <laughs> there's just oh. anticipation for some uh major mudslides uh, and precipitation, but um, I guess they're saying stuff ain't gonna happen. So we'll we'll see here. When's and they did throw out six inches of rain for us over two and a half days, and up to twelve inches for the peaks and mountains Dang. above us. Twelve inches of we snow. We might all drown. That's a lot. That's a that lot. was an album, right? Twelve inches of snow. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was. Snow. It was, it was by porn, snow. Snow it was, a- was a rapper, right? Yeah. yeah, it was his porn. Mm. <laughs> oh God, that was a real album, oh, well. though. I mean, besides <laughs> jokes, I think that was literally the album title, and that came out when we were in high school. Um, Snow came out when we were in high school, didn't he? I celebrate his whole catalog. I don't so. think so, dude. I don't Checking the Googles. Uh, when when do you think it would have been? Snow. I think it was like junior high or something. Snow. What? What do I? No. So, Snow the rapper. Yeah, snow, snow the pr- informer product. Informer. What? Informer. What? When I the song. when I type in snow the it says snow the product American rapper, but it's a picture of a woman. The I product. Think. I don't know. Just look snow up the informer because that'll tell you what year that song. Snow informer. Um, like your boom Brian. boom down. Exactly. Oh yeah, boom boom down. <laughs> Canadian Canadian rapper. Canadian singer they call him. No. <laughs> <He's> well. <laughs> Snow Canadian singer, uh, come on! This is great. Nineteen ninety-two uh, countdown. Yep, and Lane nailed sixth it. Grade. Lane nailed it. <laughs> High school. Huh? There you go. 
I I uh, uh, I was turned on to him when I was uh, graduating high school. So yeah, eight oh, years too late. late, late. <laughs> yeah, we were late. Yeah, dude, late he lived in Europe. He just got or Canada. He got stuff a little little late. It's actually pretty funny but, if you look at uh, the Wikipedia page. It's a picture of snow in uh, 2019, and he does not. He just looks like an old dude. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, it's pretty funny actually. I, if I was Snow, I would go into Wikipedia and I would edit that, and I would put a picture of in my prime in front of large audiences. Um, prime and, Snow, and you could do that. It's Wikipedia. We're all we're all authors there. Um, Wait, can't you do that? Well, I mean, uh, you should yeah. probably do that yourself there. Yeah, I'm sure he's kind of embarrassed by his look. Didn't he have like back in the day or something? Maybe, dude. Let let the super fan do it. Lane over here, who knows when the fucking song <laughs> That's came true. out. Oh, sorry, I just knew it didn't come out during. <laughs> My Sugar Ray years. <laughs> exactly. Um, I knew it. Okay, back to the weather. I was battening down the hatches. I don't know if you guys are, but I, I had to put a new tarp over my leaky, weak-ass uh, tool shed. Um, the, mm. the previous tarp had kind of worn away, and, and uh, I, I had already put the tarp over, but it kept getting blown apart. So I was uh, I had to do, like, I, I strapped it down to some extra wheels that I had sitting around. So there's a wheel on every corner, go. and then there's even like a oh, cement is, brick inside the wheels. You're just coming full circle into uh, real Scotts Valley car guy territory here, I think. what hey, You know what I've been I'm seeing is the it. billboard tarps. You need a billboard tarp. I do. They keep advertising to me. Yeah, those are those are uh, that's strong material, isn't it? Ain't it? That's strong. That's strong. Just put the whole house in it. Yeah, and I should I should probably stuff. get a man purse made out of billboard. billboard oh material yeah, too. that's what I saw. I saw people they make man purse. They make yeah. purses out of and them. And right? surfboard bags Sweet. and yeah. Oh right, uh, dude. I, I yeah, speaking that, of of uh, tarps, just recently I don't know where the hell I saw it, but it was it might have been on Instagram, but it was a a picture of um one of these like under an overpass home that's built almost entirely of tarps and shit, but they have a garage for their Volvo, dude. Dude, this is a thing. Dude, driving down right by River Street and uh, and Highway 1, it's, uh, dude, there's like four cars that people are parking there. I and saw I, that. And I've seen, I've seen the, the same thing, dude. There was, I was on some exit down to South San Jose and yep. right in like a major intersection, like, a crazy amount of traffic. It's one of those ones where, like, you get off the freeway and there's four lanes going to it's the like Winchester the, or something. It's not Winchester because uh, it's way south San Jose, but um, it's similar. Like, I don't know if you're going down to like Gilroy Garden. I no, I, I'm I'm tripping. I don't Capital, know what that place. Race Cap- Capital Expressway. Anyway, it could be Capital. It's yeah. right there at the intersection, right next to the freeway, blatant, right in the middle of nowhere. And he's got multiple rooms and he's parked a car like in one of the rooms. And it's like, dude, tarps just everywhere. It's right by the Home Depot over there. So maybe that's a good nice. connection. I've never heard Brian more jealous. Yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I want, rooms. I talked to our buddy Ray about this. I really want a coffee table book that goes through the architecture of all of these campsites like architecture go and <laughs> like good. that's a depressing book dude. It, it might be yeah but do it as a fundraiser for programs you know to help alleviate the problem maybe but i like dude there's like a certain amount of ingenuity with all this stuff like this garage thing people need to see that i think that's uh it's not that's teaching people how to live in tarps it's not well you know it's uh, not if people can do it better a problem if, if people can do it better uh, if they can like review some plans that make their tarp life better i'm all for that type tarp life hashtag tarp tarp life, life. hashtag tarp <laughs> living your best tarp life <laughs> billboard tarps questions uh, let's get some questions 
Let's get some questions. All right. Wait, by um, the way, billboard tarp, rooftop tent. Bam. Million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's combining all dollars. popular things. Put a Bernie Sanders on it, and then you're winning. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. We're in there. All right. First question, most important one here is uh, Joe Polo 68. Damn, 26 comments in two hours. Oh, well, I probably didn't have anything to add of value anyways. Period. Fucking Eeyore. Eeyore. Joe, yeah. well, you should have answered a question. All that, time, all right, that time spent writing words, and you could have like, like actually used those words to ask a question. If now you can't like say something flummoxed. nice, don't say something anything at all, dude. Right? Just, like, that was the most important question, and now I can't even answer it. All right. Let's see we were here. Mm. By the way, right. Joe, we were here for you. Joe, that was kind of a statement, not really a question there. I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) That's true, actually. Thank you. All right. I appreciate that. For some reason, the two first questions are about (laughs) combo combo, uh, food items. All right. We'll get to them anyways. Uh, Bobby Reed with the car says, beef, pork, shrimp, chicken, or fish, which is the best protein for a taco? Pork. So difficult, man. Pork. Pork. Carnitas and al pastor are both pork, and they're the best. I don't for like tacos. how you said that, but I, yeah. I agree. I'm with Art pastor, 100%. I think al pastor, yes, number one. A legit al pastor. It can't be in this yeah. sauce. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, not some bullshit. Yeah, I think yep, the yep. reason why you have any hesitation at all, Lane, is because there's some bomb ass carne asada, too. Like, depending there on where you're going. There's some bomb ass right? carne asada yep. with that red sauce. Yeah. In our area, though, al pastor and, yeah, carnitas wins. I mean, but I, that's. Yeah. If I'm down in uh, in Mexico, like, dude, like, carne asada is usually, like, a really good – that's the one. Mm, depends it's what part of Yeah, it depends on – it's a regional thing too, right? So, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah you might, if say. you're in a place that – yeah, I mean, if you're in a place in Mexico that specializes in that, that's probably what you're going to order. But if you're in another area of Mexico that specializes in carnitas, right, Lane? Or – Oh, yeah, or chile pastor, verde. Or chile, chile verde, exactly. Ma- or, or sesos. Uh, margarita brain, taco. Yep. To be exactly. clear, for me, it's it's carnitas, uh, number one. If number I had to one. pick one, yeah, that, that I'm going to judge of... a place by its taco. That's what I'm going with. That's your litmus test do, for a taco I don't place. do carnitas. I, huh. I do carne asada, though. Or, okay. uh, sorry, not, I do uh, al pastor. Yeah. I mean, we, we can all agree that whatever's flapped onto that spinning thing uh, mm. is 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 what you get, right? Pork? Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. They, if they have it. Because yeah. the, it's very rare. Right, but uh, yeah, it's. I I think that's usually like the best, that's the real deal. Want. So, and Art and I've talked about this, and maybe on the podcast, I'm not sure, but Taco Chronicles on Netflix is a must-watch it if you is. have any mm. interest in the taco game. Taco Chronicles, it's awesome, yep. especially now that you can't travel and it looks so amazing. I wish we, <laughs> you just want to travel just talk so about bad. That for, for one second that I wish so badly that Mexico was completely safe to travel in because there is so much shit to explore, good roads, great food, amazing weather and jungles and beaches and all that shit. And it's super sketchy. What if right now what if we told you, Warren, that the only reason why it's so fruitful for exploration is because it's dangerous and not a lot of people go there and ruin it. <laughs> what if we told you that's a big part of it? I think that's a big part of it, but it's also before it was as dangerous as it is today, it wasn't explored as much. What? I just feel like it's a very underrated place to go adventuring. 
Well, I think it, it, there's like the touristy destinations, right, which are you know world which renowned I've been and they to, get the yeah. most traffic. Than but yeah, but as you're saying, getting out. Uh, I mean, it, it all depends on like most of the like most places in the world, right? It's about attitude. It's about how you carry yourself and what you do and. Like, you know, you don't go driving around a Lamborghini Urus in, into into the rainforest, right? Like you're, you're like you're definitely gonna yeah. be targeted. So you just cruise in a in a four door uh Toyota Tacoma, right, Brian? Uh and you just no. chill with the locals and uh take it easy, bro. So yeah, you're just telling people get out and drive, right? Exactly. Got, yeah, it's yeah. gotta be some beat like beat dusty van or something that Well, I mean, you gotta throw the wait, you gotta say if you're gonna say get out and drive, you gotta say stay boosted, uh and then um there's a couple other things you throw out. You have to say all of them in, in un- or what do you call Cheers it? In RS. Cheers RS. I don't know that um, I don't know that rule. I d- so I do have to br- I, and the right answer for cruising around Mexico is Corolla or Nissan Sentra. Uh but um yeah. I do have to mention just because you brought it up specifically, Art, you said four door Tacoma Tacoma. I on my Instagram feed not long ago a story popped up about I think I sent it to you maybe guys. you did yeah did yeah. you Wham yeah so it's this yeah. overlanding couple and uh, they're driving through Mexico and they get shot up they got in a chase and they were sh- th- their their truck was shot up uh, basically putting a hole in the diff or something crazy popping yeah, tires it, it, uh, they they put. A hole in some critical pieces in the engine compartment. I forget what it was, but basically undrivable car, and uh, and and they totally got um, shook down. Well, the the what really happens? The guy got shot, and he was it wasn't like life threatening, but he was it was in a bad spot. The the people who shot them once they realized that it was the kind of mistaken identity went, oh shit, okay, we'll be back in a minute with the tire guy. And they thought they were going to come back to kill him. Sure enough, a truck rolls back, and it's the tire guy from the local town to fix the truck, which was unrepairable. And it was a brand new Tacoma, by the way. So with like a camper shell and like the all to the nines, right? Like the whole deal. Yeah, kind of sticking out. So it was like some cartel, you know. Definitely sounds like wrong place at the wrong time to me. Wrong place, wrong time. But that's the shit that can happen, right? I mean, they were basically almost killed for no real reason. Um, but that's why you you have to roll in the Sentra, right? Exactly. So or you stay on the B12. you stay on the toll roads. No, that was like toll road stuff. Oh During really? They were on toll yeah, road it was Holy a crazy. Shit. It was kind of a crazy story to read, and I would be okay, interested to story. look back at it and see if there's any more information because, like, tell tell us more about this like mistaken identity thing, right? Like, why well, why would why would they mistake something a brand new Tacoma four door with a full out they were overland getup? S- like, that's so obviously. Not well. They said that the people that came after them were in an almost identical Tacoma. Yeah. Mm. So so it could have just been there's like those Tacomas around, and they either wanted it for themselves or who knows, right? But and anyways, and the, to get back to my point. I love tacos. And I wish I could go <laughs> drive around, not and eat tacos. Not Tacomas. You're talking about actual yeah. tacos. I, I tacos actual are cool tacos. too. I like Tacomas. <laughs> Monty twenty three PSK says beef, pork, shrimp, chicken, or combo for fried rice. Pork, pork fried shrimp. rice with shrimp. Brian's a shrimp. I'm a barbecue no, pork no, fried I rice guy. Pork, pork with shrimp. It's both. That's mm. Kind of a combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a barbecue pork as well. I'm going chicken. Chicken's good chicken too. Fried rice. I wouldn't it's, turn you it can't down. Can't lose. Yeah, all of no. the above are good. Yep, exactly. KM Grace says, ultimate rat rod competition, any era. Mechanically solid but ratty looking. The car must have a current value of over $1 million in a concourse state. 
What car do you choose? Wait, this so you're starting with a Concourse question. State car and then making no, it no, into no. a... No, no, no. No, no. The, in a the value of the car is, if it's in Concourse State, is a million. Hold on. Okay. But you Can find I, one that's ratty. If you're not looking at... So it's funny because he replied. He's like, hey, by the way... Let me clarify, because Art's going to have a problem with this. <laughs> uh, he does. Let me read this, this clarification. Yeah. This for played out exactly as he was expecting, although I will say Thank that you. he was more confusing with his clarification, by the way. Oh, but, shit. Yeah. Clarification for Art, because he likes to mess up the rules. <laughs> so that, that's what happened just now. He's like, <laughs> choose a Concours vehicle that's more than a million bucks and then turn it into a rat rod. Oh. So either way, it's- So see? Either way, it hey? doesn't really matter. So yeah. I was right. You guys, no. were, you, you were wrong. No, you were I think, assuming I think, a car that is. I think he blew it on the clarification. To be honest, he's saying rat no. rod. That's the important thing. I don't. I don't think. I think you're taking like this Testarossa that is in the picture. Yeah. Let's let's like assume that's the question. That's the only way that makes sense, right? No, I think I think he's saying you're because it, it, it's painful, right? Like you're going out and seeking a perfect car that you then convert into a piece of shit somehow, or at least aesthetically. As a but question anyways, asker, his. Worst nightmare has come true here, and there's confusion everywhere. <laughs> no, I think he's right. We're he's have to he, do he's the on best point. We can. He's on point. He explained it for me, and that's how I'm. <laughs> I'm picking it up as he's putting it down. Um, but anyways, yeah. What are the answers here? I mean, there's only one answer in this nightmare question scenario, and that's uh, McLaren F1. No. Yeah. That's your that's your answer. Hmm. I mean, why would you pick anything different? It's F1 or oh, F40. Because, a rat rod. A rat rod. I'm going with. How are you uh, answering this question, right? It's like, yeah, whatever you want to drive, mechanically perfect. Who cares about the uh, oh, I know, but I'm saying like all, you're, all of that condition, like that. Uh, why would you not want to drive a lot your of favorite color? I think a rat rod has a lot of modifications and stuff. So uh, everything is modified. Yeah, so a car that you would like put a different engine from a different car, you'd be doing. You're kind of modifying every single part you're of it, but it's still looking slamming it. I mean, all that stuff. So I'm going with a blower Bentley. That's a good like one. a blue train. That's rad. And yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have individual like headers sticking out the side, mm. slammed, chopped, doing. all that shit. Yeah. Okay. That's mm -hmm. I'm going with that. I, I pick it up. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a hard time thinking of a car like cars. Okay. Like million dollars. Oh wait, a million dollars. That's that. that that's fucking yeah. hard. Yeah. That's, that's more than nine hundred ninety-nine thousand dollars yeah. So it's like. Okay, uh, it's, it's up I'm, there. I'm still doing McLaren F1. I'm going to do a mid-engine LS, and I'm going to do fat NASCAR meets, cut the fenders uh -huh. out to make them fit, slam it. You don't have to change the engine, though. And right? and, and do a snake yeah. exhaust like the GT40 uh, coming out the back, and do, you know, maybe I'll even cut panels away so you can get a good view of the, that exhaust system if you can't see it. Maybe do like that. You see it through the mesh a little bit better than you would on a factory F1. All primered paint. And yeah. Shift knob real high. And my head sticking out the top, and I look like a yeah. freaking monster for some reason. And, I'm and like, you wear a top hat. Out. No one knows why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like okay. that. Ah. I'm doing a 300 SL Goldwing. Good answer. I'm. Uh, it's going to be like the rattiest, like Jay Leno's kind of ratty meat one with the meatball on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about it for engine. I want something like high revving. So not easy like torquey and low revving. Kind of like I want something a little crazier. I'll do You're a McLaren F one. Nice... I'll, I'll do the BMW uh, V twelve in it. The McLaren F one engine, maybe. Mm. Uh, I love it. Whoa! Do Big hood scoop. Manual. Hood scoop on it. Yeah, it, it already has. The, so the race cars had the hood scoop, right? The all scoop of them on did. the on the roof, right? Or they all did? All did. Yeah, so you have that roof scoop already. Yeah. Pretty rad, right? Yep. 
I'm doing an Aston Ooh. Martin DB5. Ooh. Are they a million dollars yet? 6.4 is um, the what the James Bond one. I looked it up yeah, right that's now. Like, that's not. So, so that's not that's not a good litmus <laughs> test. Um, no. what, what is a good? Let's see what this one went for. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they are though, right, Wham? I don't know. I can't. All Millions of the fucking sites say DB5, call for. Yeah. They all say call for price. All, anyone that lists these fucking cars. So, um, I think like a perfect one. Oh, here we go. Alloy body. Yeah. Um, like a well, Zagato would be a million, oh, like, but yeah, like a Zagato. Well, Zagato's well over, yeah. So average value, according to Haggerty, is seven hundred and twenty-six thousand, and that's an average, right? And there's like a full, what is it? Yeah, so yeah. they've they've reached a million. Yeah, perfect so, one so yeah, is a million. Yeah, Concorde is one point one million average. Uh, excellent number two is nine hundred grand, basically. So those yeah. are crazy. I remember like uh, twelve years ago, I remember in Monterey, they were like two fifty or something, you know. Yeah. They were yeah. kind of like un- same they with were undervalued. Yeah, Lusso was the same. Lusso, Robinson two Lusso. Million. Yeah. Uh, Kurt K. Photo says two scenarios. One is life as is. The other is you're given a gift of ten million dollars, but you have to get the new BMW 4 Series face permanently grafted onto the front of your cars, and any car you purchase will also have this modification <laughs> done. What do you pick? I think if BMW should be listening right now, it's like this is how extreme someone thinks that for an end is. Like, it's like, I mean, I mean, now that I read the question, I've kind of always liked the BMW 4 Series face. You know, it's kind like, of always it's, liked. It's pretty nice. What's the dollar uh, amount here? Ten million. Ten million. All million. In. Um, ten all billion. Dollars. Ten million. Yeah. Million. Okay. okay. But if you yeah. want to use that million, ten million dollars to buy yeah, a yeah. Porsche 959, it yeah. now looks like a BMW 4 Series. Yeah. <laughs> the front does. Yeah, well, the front does. Yes. Exactly. So you take no, a lot of rear shots. Car ever. And then you're Imagine driving. like an F40 with the, the BMW nose. Insane. Just just straight it's, out. Just, just straight yeah. out. It's like yeah. all high in the air. It's like higher than the, the cowl. So it actually goes up, <laughs> like totally. those F1 cars. because oh, it has you know, to be the, the exact same dimensions. Does <laughs> it, is it just like a freestanding grill, or do you have to like connect the rest of the body the to it? The whole thing. It's like a it's like a horrible SEMA build, mm. like molded on there. Just molded it in. Yeah, I'm so doing it. Man. All of your cars, Fuck even it. your wife's car, and all that stuff. No Fuck question. It. I do it immediately. Uh, give me that ten mil. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Because you can't see it while you're driving. You know, the McLaren F1 is still gonna drive it pretty does good. Suck it. though, dude. Because part of like my enjoying cars is like the way they look. Yeah, of course. Wham! You can buy yourself uh, an armored vehicle that you can drive all uh, Mexico and see. So you're you're safe. <laughs> it's not bad, actually. That looks well, like a like a. <laughs> be a here's my question: Could I take that ten crew? mil? And like, let's say I turn that ten mil into thirty mil in two years. Can Pay I give the ten mil back and then? Rock normal cars? Good question. <laughs> hey, this is an art scenario right here. This is what <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler CT9 says, Porsche 996, well, I think he means to say is the Porsche 996 a good candidate for hypothetical modern car future singer treatment from a few shows ago? Better motor and trans swap, completely fix that ugly interior. Or is that a hashtag lane hate can't unshitbox a shitbox? Well, I don't think they're shitboxes, but uh, so I think that's a good call. Yeah, it's a really good. Call. The big, the main flaw is that that engine. So and the interior is and, like, pretty low on the 911 uh, desirability. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. List, right? But, but it's not. It. I wouldn't say it's a. I don't, yeah, I mean, compared to like a C5 Corvette or something, it's like the most glorious <laughs> interior ever. So, uh, you just have to like. But I think the main, you know, the main issue is that engine. So if you're like make building having an engine builder build a killer engine for that thing, and then you're taking the Singer treatment to the interior and exterior, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's a really good call. And they're so cheap. I mean, fuck, five grand for one with a bad motor. Yeah. Or even that's a good motor. Kind of how nine six fours were, right? They were a little. They were kind of unloved. They have the. They had the engine issues with the head gaskets and everything. Uh, and people, you know, they were they were super cheap. They were the cheapest nine eleven you could buy. And then Singer started doing their thing with them. Yep. Right. 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 Um. Chaycor says, "What are the essential things you do?" when buying a new used car full service magic tree on the rear view etc so what are the essential things you do in buying the next your next car is a magic tree just a smelly tree i've I i've never so, heard yeah. it referred to in that way Chaycor is out in uh, wales i believe so that's what they must call him no he's in magic england tree. proper or england yeah and i think the most popular one is the black ice and i don't know why oh yeah the black ice what does that one smell like just like like BMW owner. I don't know like. either. <laughs> it's, we're not ready for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you guys do when you buy a car? I think usually it's just like fixing little broken parts and stuff, and then maybe like a a, a simple tune-up, like plugs, just your rear cap rotor. Yeah, kind of like just even because you don't know, even if they tell you. Good starting point, a baseline, yeah. right? And then usually, usually tires. Yeah. Usually, someone's not selling a car with like a perfect, you know, new match set of tires. They'll usually have like different rear tires or something, or they, you know, put new rears on to sell it, and they're a different brand in the front or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's different for every car. I mean, you just catch up mm-hmm. on any deferred maintenance. And yeah, just, that's kind of. I mean, it. it's kind of like a thing. Like uh, you budget in advance, like gonna dump this amount of money into whatever, right? And who knows what the needs are gonna be exactly, but. You just plan on catching it up. Yeah. One of the, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, deferred maintenance really is the blanket here, but like, it seems like brake fluid is one that is always missed. Like I, you know, I buy cars with like really extensive like service histories and the brake fluid has not been touched in like eight years. It's like, like for yeah. some reason, I think that's, that's always really one common thing for people to do. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and everything you, else. Yeah. You hit all the fluids and it's like, you know, a lot of people won't do a tranny flush right or the gear oil in the in the diff uh and you know so doing all that stuff is um i think most people don't take that step but that's Mm -hmm. something that you know you just want to all all of these you know lube everything and and yeah do that too and just shove it in (laughs) i mean you kind of work ahead of time right it's already it's but no like, well you said lube everything though that's you just, well, you're, just no, you're definitely lubing everything yeah, yeah. you're not shoving it in yeah, you're not you're just shoving it in yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> it sit with it for a little while see what it needs and then you know address in the manner that it needs it you guys are so sit with it. consider it <laughs> for a little while my name is warren i am lane and we are here to talk to you about copart new sponsor of the Driving While Awesome podcast. We are excited to have them on board because these guys are perfect for anyone looking for salvage cars. They have a lot of used cars, like new, slightly damaged vehicles, and even stuff from rental companies like Enterprise, Hertz, Avis, and Rent-A-Car. 
We know Brian's always looking for a minivan. Copart may be the perfect place to find that minivan, and it's an auction. So you get good photos. Uh, you kind of know what you're getting, unlike some of these Craigslist ads and whatnot. Um, they even have some kind of hard-to-find cars, right, Lane? Yeah, they have uh, K-trucks, like the uh, trucks that Warren and I drove on the recent Round Cat Rally um, where we drove some Honda Acties, and they have a little uh, Warren search Mitsubishi and found a little Mitsubishi K-truck dump truck, actually. We all know that auctions are kind of taking over here in the online world, and these guys have a mobile app. Um 100% online auctions. Uh, once you get signed up, it's pretty easy to search for your vehicles, jump right into auctions. You can even save your searches and get email alerts for a specific vehicle, which is super useful. Um, and people aren't picking these cars apart before they're sold. This is, you buy the entire car, it's what you see is what you get. So, yeah. you know, when you go to pick and pull or pick apart uh, junkyard stuff, you get there and you think you're going to have a car left and all that's, you know, remaining is maybe the frame and uh, some old, I don't know. What's what's in the bottom of seats these I, days? I don't know, but I recently went to a, a pick and pull to try and find parts, and and uh, I basically wasted three and a half hours of my time because <laughs> the car go. had literally nothing on it. So there had one go. tail light, and it was cracked. But uh, oh, with this, perfect. this is the perfect thing for someone also. Like if you're swap, if you're doing an LS swap or any kind of swap, you buy the whole car. You're buying the ECU. You're buying the transmission. You know, you're buying all these parts if you want to swap all these parts into a different car or if you just want to rebuild said car, you know, it might just, you know, some of these cars might have really minor damage or even no damage at all, really. But uh, right. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners are quite savvy with rebuilds and refurbishing cars. So what better place to look than uh, Copart? And you may find the perfect example of your car that needs a little love uh, for a lot less. So check out Copart.com. And uh, I would say bid with confidence. Joining Copart is easy and affordable. Usually memberships start at less than $5 a month, but we're giving our listeners an additional $20 off the basic membership. Go to copart.com slash DWA to get your special offer. That's copart.com slash DWA. Find your next vehicle for less at Copart. All right, Lincoln <laughs> Lincoln turns says, how old is too old for tires? If tread is still in good shape based on low usage, but compound is old and tire model is no longer in production, Sheesh. what is safe for street slash spirited canyon use? It's not about five what's years safe. Is supposed to be the number, right? Yeah, five years for me. Yeah, five years get, starts getting old. I mean, and it's not about like pushing the limits there. It's like you should be reframing this question, actually. It's like, Look for any excuse you can to get a new set of good tires because that's like, you know, a necessary part of enjoying these cars is like, let's get some good rubber on there and, you know, sort things out. That's that's what we want to drive is something that's like well prepped. Yeah. You don't want to just be pushing these old tires. Five yeah. years and I'm Unless, like, yeah. ah. Dude, what's his name? Um, Brendan is a freaking masochist. Um, do you, um, I don't know. You guys didn't get to drive the V12 Vantage when it had the old tires, right? No. Or did you? Dude, it was like ridiculous. I like I mean, feel like um, I and did. and I, you know, I had basically after. Oh yeah, I remember because I drove it down to record, and I basically that's when I determined that it was kind of undrivable, and I said, you know what, let's wait. You guys should wait till we get new tires. I talked to to the owner, and and he got new PS4s on there, but like. But Brendan really enjoyed like sliding around everywhere. You know, they were eight-year-old tires. They were fucking rock hard, and like it was very difficult to put the power down on the car. Um, you know, and and um, besides being unsafe from a 
deterioration standpoint where yes they can disintegrate yes they can you know fall apart and blah blah like they were just they just had very very little grip and it was the car was kind of unusable for what its intended purpose is again that's subjective apparently but um you know um all i'm saying is we got well, old i'm sure it like compromised braking dude and that's uh, yep. like unsafe yeah, right yeah, so yeah. I mean, sure, you like to if you like to slide around, that's cool and everything. But I bet your braking distances are like like fifty percent longer just because of and, that. And and so maneuverability, right? As well, too, yeah. like accident avoidance, all that. I yeah, mean, yeah. so all that being said, if you've got old tires like that, just destroy them first. Go fuck around in a parking lot and, <laughs> and then get new rubber because it, it's it's a fun thing to do. But but yeah, I, I say five years though. From, uh, yeah, in the shop we used to say four to six years, and it would always come down to what kind of car driver conditions that they were using it for. If it was like, yeah. you know, a little old lady going to church in the grocery store, yeah, you, you can push it a little further. But people commuting over 17 or like this question's asking about canyon carving. Yeah. I think Brian's right. It's like this is your excuse to now upgrade the car in a major way with one stop, you know. Yeah. You know that's going to help and and safety wise too. So yeah, but compounds are interesting cause I was, I'll get into this on the Sunday episode, but, um, I don't know a lot about snow tires, but a lot of snow tires aren't used all year. They just mm. put them on and off for the winters. And I don't know how that affects, um, longevity, you know, because you're not, maybe they're stored indoors and not used much during the year. Um, it's kind of an interesting question. I don't know much about that compound. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we can. I mean, we can talk about it. It's kind of more about the way that rubber deteriorates. It's there's heat cycling is one thing, but then also like just sitting unused, like the the air, the you know the oils kind of come off to the surface, and the the most the most challenging thing that tires face are are drying out, right? And like if they sit for a long period of time, they draw out because they're they're not being like kind of expanded and contracted and like doing what they're supposed to do, and that's when you get the dry rotting or cracking and like the rubber falls apart and all that kind of stuff um but i mean and i think a lot of those people from what i've heard like listening to other podcasts and stuff where they talk about that stuff it's like i think it's like a three-year cycle usually for them oh yeah three season cycle you know interesting that That makes sense sense. yeah yeah especially because the the, yeah we've talked about before that yeah snow tires are so soft right they probably wear pretty quickly so three years is all you're gonna get anyways yeah interesting yeah i I was just Um, reading tire rack has a little article about storing tires when they're not in use and it is like it's you know for those climates where people are swapping out winter tires um mm-hmm. interesting article but yeah they're talking about you know not storing them outdoors and basically there's nothing really you can do it kind of felt like at the end of it but yeah buy, buy tire and at the bottom it says buy tires now. Oh, of course yeah <laughs> um but really uh it's also it, kind of a sad thing to talk about tires aging out like the happy yep. state here is you have a car, you put a lot of miles on it, and you burn through those tires, and you get all the value out before three to five years, right? Like, three to five years is that's like a you know, that's someone who's barely putting any miles, and 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 that's kind of a sad thing, right? Yep. Very common though. Espe- yeah, it's out there, uh, and now with nobody, commu- you know, with a lot of people who aren't commuting, um, yeah, that, that's going to exactly. be more common, but it's like a big bigger problem with collectors like that would drive me yeah. crazy yeah. like i have no, 10 yeah. cars Dry and rot. it's like uh, i'm not going to put enough miles on any of them right i'm just going to be replacing these perfectly good looking tires 
on this five-year cycle and they're you know they're super expensive because i got these as a collector you know uh these are all probably you know sports car tires and yeah. uh that would that would drive me nuts so when well, I, I think would, a lot of yeah. those guys are just like if they're they're probably if they are driving it, it's the cars and coffee so they might go they're right. gonna go they, 10 years they, they yeah, I get, it, yeah, yeah it really yeah. depends on the on the level of the collection and like you know and the the money behind it right like um like when i visited john Shirley's collection up in washington like you know he's got multi-million dollar cars in there most of them are multi-million dollar cars is that the jerkfish guy um no it's another guy it's the it's i don't know if he was ibm or microsoft like one of the early guys um and he uh he has like you know a collection manager and he was telling me how he has these little markings that he puts on the tires and he does them every five years and it's kind of unfortunate to see how many cars like you see them you go look at them it's like shit this one's coming up you know he's got 25 cars in there and 10 of them are gonna have to be replaced you know so yeah it's it's definitely a bummer kind of a big deal though too like uh what's his name from fast and furious on a in a friggin uh oh yeah Yeah, uh, paul walker yeah paul walker i mean that was on that happened on old old ass tires right like that was the thing 10 year old tires on his career too yeah yeah so Widowmaker, uh you know to the second power basically yep didn't help is what you're saying all right eat with navid says what is the point of a honda prelude when you think about it it's probably one of the most useless cars ever made in my honest or humble opinion it's not fast or whoa we have to choose i don't know it's not fast, it's less spacious than a Civic or Integra, and it's ugly. All gens. God, Navid is so, so extreme. So what does it do? Excuse me, sir. Oh, sorry. I thought it was What does it do then? <laughs> I don't think it's ugly. Does everyone here think the Prelude's ugly? I think no. It's I, I think it's a beautiful car in yeah. almost every generation. Well, it, I like it. Yeah, most of them. I think yeah. it's cool. I like how low the dash is and the whole, the whole like... The fender line is always really low. It's really yeah, cool. yeah the hood, the yeah. dash, yeah, the dash low, hood line low. Yeah. Cool seats on those early ones. Always, like, all, yeah, uh, always cool seats, even through the end. Yeah, yeah. very open, cool. airy interior. You know, you have the sunroof. Low too. windows, yeah, big windows and low belt line. Basically. I I owned one for that. I drove I drove one in college oh, yeah. for a little so while. So all three of you guys have owned Preludes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what dude, year. Navid's coming in. He doesn't know that he what he's coming into, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's asking to be educated. It sounds like right. Um. So I, I've, so I've driven. Can I can I give my first like my it. big take on this? Is totally like, before Art goes in for a half hour about it. I think this is Honda's upscale like GT type car because they brought it out before Acura is a thing. I think Acura, I don't know, maybe it was like eighty six or eighty seven. And this car was before that, and then they just continued making it and never brought it over to the Acura brand. Um, instead, they brought the Integra there. And I think it's like the more upscale two-door Civic, essentially. And yeah, you could say like it's like less practical, and it just it has the sporty looks and maybe not the outright performance of how it looks, but. Um, but I think that's pretty common with a lot of a lot of car companies making the, the you know like an MX an a Maz MX uh, six yeah. for example or you know like I said like I think it's very close to the Integra or um, or a Corrado competitor or something like that or Corrado or yeah, yeah any of those little two door I mean coupes yeah. that are based on front wheel drive platforms. I mean it's yeah it's basically a step up from the uh, from the Civic right I mean. And and Navid is and so Integra. he's so and Integra. Nar- 
I mean, yeah, it's it's a much oh, more insulated, yeah, I'll get my short one, I know you have a lot. You you are JDM Go Art and have a ton of opinions on this. Uh, mine's super quick, but to yeah, Navid's just being uh, so focused on the absolute performance numbers, but that's really not what the market cares about. I mean, for the most part, regular humans don't care about you know power to weight ratio and that sort of thing. Very small number of people do. To me, it's like a, a clear jump up from the Civic. Like Civic is lightweight, buzzy. You know, uh, uh, small displacement compared. Um, so having a slightly heavier car, and that's you know better. You know, probably that's into chassis, and then also the sound deadening stuff and all that. Um, in a sleek uh, body style with a little bit bigger motor, um, that's all like a clear jump. Like there's the little Civic, and then you jump up to the Prelude for a little bit more uh, refinement. You could call it. Um, that totally makes sense to me. It totally feels like a place where, you know, maybe you're driving a, a civic in high school or college. And then, uh, you know, you have a, you jump into having a career and then you can upgrade to the prelude. That all makes sense to me. Yeah. Don't you feel Mm -hmm. that it, it was also more, it was just a more upscale thing. It was more of like a touring car rather than like a, like a city car commuter thing. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a, it's like, you could almost call it like a grand touring car or something. Mm-hmm. It's like the GT of the Honda, right? Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, isn't it like a lower roof line, probably overall than a Civic, even maybe? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like I mean, it's it's, a totally it's like kind body. of a sporty sporty feel that doesn't always well, have so, to be like super lightweight and all that. Or practical, don't you think? Like, yeah, if that's the case, practical. then any like a two door Jetta in, from the eighties is like way more. I don't know. It has it has the same. Like you're taking away the same practicality, or like a two door Accord, or at you know any of those things, you're kind of like taking away a lot of yeah. practicality and not adding much. But I mean, yeah, I with, with the young uh, professional, the you don't need to carry a ton of stuff, right? Like this yeah. is the young professional's car. Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot a of cars that mm-hmm. sacrifice practicality for looks, right? Basically, and right. so this car, I I looked it up because I remembered in '84, Car and Driver tested the. It was like the best handling imported cars, and it got second place um, of all imported cars in their tests in 1984. Um, and the only car that beat it was the 944. And like what, the, like they the the final quotes pretty good. It says uh, the guy Lyons. He says, or the one thing he says, he says, "You follow the Lotus in this car, see it wobble, and wonder why." Hmm. You can corner with the 928 and the 911. Power lets them pull ahead, but not by much. In our book, the super, the superb Honda Prelude is the second best handling foreign car in that any amount of money can buy. That's pretty good. Well, and so what is that? Good, is that right? double A-arm suspension in the rear, too, compared to like it's the Civic? It's probably just yeah. a beam, right? Yep. So um, let me know when JDM Art can talk. You can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that the first thing I wanted to point out is that the main focus on these cars is really, as you guys already touched on this, is it's it's there's a stylistic thing going on here. Um, there's a really sort of a, an upscale kind of vibe, a GT vibe. And if you don't like those things and if you don't like the way it looks, like it's a really hard sell. He already said he doesn't like the way they look. But if you like that's really what they're doing here. It, it is the coupe styling, right, that is supposed to be attractive and cool and compromising the rear seat room and all that other shit because of it um that being said um my summary on um i've driven i've driven the 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 sorry the third generation 
second generation facelift. Sorry, that's confusing. So it's the 87 to 91. I drove a non four wheel steering car. Um, I've driven a BB4, which is the VTEC version of the third generation, which is from 92 through 96. And I owned a 2001, which was the last uh, BB6 chassis, they call it. And I own the Type SH. And so the main things that I'll mention about all of them is that the fit and finish in the interiors is definitely a, a little bit above the standard Civics and the CRXs and all that. And uh, even the Integra, I'd say it's it's a little more refined. The ergonomics are awesome. The visibility is fantastic, as you guys already touched on. The 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 facelifted second generation Prelude eighty seven through ninety one had the lowest hood line of any production front wheel drive car at the time, and it basically look it feels like an NSX, like looking out of the front end, because they tilted the engine back so that you can so that they could lower the hood line, so you get these little ridges on either side. So um, there's all of these little details, right, that add to the experience and so they have a really cool three-spoke steering wheel they have cool seats and so it's like a different thing right so you have to, it is a niche car in a way but like you you have to like all of these things that it offers and if you appreciate those things um it is a fantastic seven tenths car that's what i'll that's what kind of my summary is that yes you know if you go beyond that it's going to start understeering you know it's it's heavier than the alternatives it's not as nimble blah 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 but up until that point they're really really good and i'm talking about the later cars um i i don't have a lot of experience driving um the earlier cars hard but just around the street like they're great and everything and they and i think that's where as lane put you know like there's handling um you know there's subjective and objective ways to measure that but also from like the standpoint that most people are not going to drive a car beyond seven tenths right so for that purpose it's fantastic right it's like accident avoidance it feels it great um you know to kind of as a grand tour as you were saying like especially the later cars like they're great to rev th- like through the gears and and drive at a, at a decent pace but not like all out race pace right and i have experience driving the the later cars in that circumstance and like i can tell you that i learned very quickly that they're the, even with coilovers and everything else like comparing them to an integra or a crx or a civic is unfair because it's it's not meant for that and it's not meant for that kind of driving but like from 92 on, they had that awesome engine. That It's the H22, uh, and that's a VTEC dual overhead cam, 2.2 liter, 7,300 RPM redline, happiest at the, on the higher end above, you know, in VTEC, above 5,500 RPM, uh, sounds killer, uh, really nice transmission. Um, you know, all of these things, you know, make for a good car, but like, I think is what you were saying, Brian, like, it's a philosophical thing, right? It's like, if you're only going for the best performance thing, like, there's you lose out on a lot of other things right and a lot of other cars right it's like it's like because maybe that's not the intended purpose of of what you want in a car right it's like there's all these other details right that matter and i feel like that's kind of what some what sums up the prelude thing and uh that being said i think it was a niche that ultimately wasn't that successful right they they, there were alternatives out there and like it didn't sell that well towards the end of its of its um what do you call it list uh, what's the word i'm looking for life cycle cycle yeah, I mean the the I mean the the earlier cars were successful. They did sell well, but you know, and especially if you look at what what they were compared to at the time, right? Like they were really great options. Um, but um, towards the end, I mean, like yeah, you're you're buying a you're buying style, you're buying refinement, you're buying comfort uh, for someone that doesn't need rear seats and uh, that is looking for something different. I guess if that makes sense. Yep. It does it does I uh. I bought a 1985 Prelude as a sensible uh, commuter car when I was going to college in Santa Barbara. 
So I replaced my 1985 Volkswagen GTI. Um, well, I didn't replace it, but I added what I thought would be a really smart move is you get another 85, <laughs> right? <laughs> Instead of getting something like newer and modern. But um, I just figured it'd be Honda reliability. And I bought it mainly because I was driving four hours each way from Santa Cruz to Santa Barbara. Mm. And I wanted something that was sort of sporty. It was a manual transmission and it kind of did that, um, even though I'd boil over the brakes and steering was vague. But um, it was the perfect tool for that uh, purpose. It really filled in that spot. So I have a sweet spot for uh, that generation, the 85. Um, and you said they go all the way to 91? Is that when the... That... Yeah, they facelifted well, them in 80, from no, it's 88 not just a facelift. On? I mean, I'm just looking at Wikipedia here, but it's the second generation... Uh, and then they so, Wikipedia labels it as a third generation. Oh, it uh, is starting in '87. So okay, it was there you a go. Whole different yeah, generation. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So that first that '85 ish uh, era uh, pop up headlights, cool interior. It's got a good profile. I don't know. I mean, I think it is like you're saying. It's it's sort of like GT light. And if you're expecting it to be more than that, then you should get a different car. Really. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm glad they exist, and I hope that. You know, people still cherish them. I know they're not very expensive nowadays. Um, I think you can get them. I don't even know, actually. I haven't seen one a really nice one come up for sale, so I don't know if they've, like, started to move upward. But Those early like, ones had that gnarly carburation with all, like, the fuck, you know, that, yeah. that crazy. Yeah, yours was carbureted, right, Wham? Yeah. yeah. Yuck. Yep. That yeah, sucks. <laughs> mine, mine was, yeah, I and I had the third gen. I, think, I don't know what year it was, but... Um, Maybe it was an '87, which would, would have been the first year. And I even I had an automatic, and I I still liked it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a pretty good car. Um, and I I just I really it was so it was blue, uh, dark blue with a, a blue interior also, um, nice. which is kind of nice in the those old Hondas. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just loved the big greenhouse and uh, low yeah. dash. It, it, yeah. The, uh, the and like uh, speaking to Art saying about kind of like NSX ish, uh, low low hood, and then that the instrument had a cluster like the NSX, so it was very much like that, or you know, it influenced it going forward, which I love. It's a cool. I mean, even feature. Civics of that era were like that too, though, right? They yeah. definitely were. Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, yeah, what the hell was I going to say about the the second? Good steering thing? on oh. those cars, though, if I remember correctly. Mine wasn't great, but I don't know, just. I was coming from my GTI, which is like the most yeah. gnarly, yeah, yeah, and rally car. Quick yeah, and responsive off center. Good linearity. Yeah, I think. Well, Wham had a total clapped out one. <laughs> that was probably what <laughs> kind of. probably fifteen did. years old at the time. Um, yeah. And I had no money to do anything but buy it and drive it. It <laughs> says so. doesn't steer like the cheapest car in the group. It doesn't quite have the 944's laser accurate tracking either. Oh snap! Here we go. Well, 944 benchmarking. I think our uh, our views on this are clear. So eat that, Navid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, also, I'm, I'm, I'm like especially partial to the to the. To the oh, so now we we're calling it. Let's call it the fourth gen. Uh, so the 92 through 96, like that. If people can look this up, look up a Mugen front end for that. They have like this really sick, like clear, like. It's like a clear Lexan kind of cover. It's just reminiscent of like the old like, you know, covers that they would put on on, you know, 60s and 70s cars on the front end. 
Um, and uh, yeah, they I think they look beautiful. I think they're super cool looking cars. I love the interior on the fourth too. It has like that super early nineties kind of Toyota Previa spaceship kind of vibe. Oh yeah, it has the it's like one big. It doesn't have a binnacle for like. No, it's no binnacle. Right, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah, it's all one strip it's across. Flat. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's got like um yeah, it's it's a really cool design. I thought. Um, yeah, those are cool. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Honorable mention to. Uh, Movie inspired by the Honda Prelude, Prelude to a Kiss, also released in 92. Oh, totally yeah. inspired. Meg Ryan, oh, I remember Alec Baldwin. Not no, a great movie. No. And, Never uh, seen it. What, and not inspired by the Prelude. <laughs> um, actually, real quick before we move on, Wham, one thing, the thing that yep. I remember here, one thing that has hurt values for the um, second and third gens is that, or shit, maybe it was just the third gen. They had Nicosil liners in the sil. I remember like in that motor. And so the, they would like, they had like oil consumption issues. I can't remember what the issue was, but um, that was one thing I remember. Like when I was into Hondas, like you know, people would avoid those because you know swapping them was kind of challenging at the time. Like there weren't there wasn't a lot of aftermarket support, and the engines were problematic in that way. They were nice otherwise, but um, so I think that's kind of hurt the values in the long run because you know people seek out originality in a lot of cars, right? Especially you know as a collector car. And in this case, you're dealing with an engine that is problematic to start with. So um, that's that's kind of an issue. But um, outside of that, like, yeah, I mean, as Lane said, comparing, comparing them to what was available. And, like, you know, you look at all the road tests, they always, you know, tested very favorably, you know, like they, they were they were right at the top. If not, they would win tests. And they were a more expensive car, so they did, like, offer more technology like four-wheel steering and stuff. So yeah. it was, like, a place that they could put nicer materials and – and do cool stuff like four wheel steering and kind of and you know like so. I think what's I think the it's, uh, it's pretty cool car. what's what's the deal with the super handling the SH? So that yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, that's a thank you for bringing that up because that was actually one thing I did not like about mine because mine was a Type SH the two thousand one and so the difference between the SI and the SH at the time was that it the SH had the um it's like ATTS it's like um, active torque transfer system and it was on the front axle on both sides they had these little um, clutches that would basically um, tr- slow down one of the axles to transfer power to the other side so it would kind of act like a diff and um, um, that was actually fine again as a seven tenths thing and it was it was great it worked really well you could totally feel it like you know because it had all these crazy sensors to like detect yaw and everything in the chassis um and uh it would transfer power accordingly right but it was very easy to overpower if you drove the car really hard because it had little clutches that you could actually if you if you're full throttle you know from a from a in, in a tight hairpin non-stop back to back you would actually smell them burning up and they were very expensive Jeez. to fix um also they it, the, you could overpower them in a different way when there's a lot of slip so i had two instances where I, I was driving it not even spiritedly just in the rain like trying to get out get out of my own way and um i was in san francisco making a right hand turn from one one-way street to another i clearly remember and i went to apply throttle because it was a yellow light mid-corner and the car fucking stalled and understeered out because, like, it did this weird, like, cancellation of the ATTS. Like, it started flashing the light. Uh, and so it went to yeah. open diff. And it just kind of understeered out of, out of the way, um, you know, into the fucking, off to the side of the road. And uh, I managed to catch it. But literally at that point is when I decided, fuck this car. <laughs> I'm not good. I, I can't, you know, I, I wanted to experience them. 
and I wanted to see what it was about and it was my daily driver, but like for sporty stuff, like it was just not up to snuff. And, um, if I ever got one or if someone is considering the last gen of the prelude, I recommend you get a non type SH and put an LSD in it. Cause I, I've heard great things about that. And actually I had a friend, um, I mean, I haven't talked to him in years, but he used to drive with Matt actually in LA with like all the v- VW Vortex dudes. And he's got a diff in his and he tracked the shit out of his and like his car was actually pretty capable. Um, but you know, within its own kind of uh capabilities or whatever but uh, not not going up against evos or anything like that right so um that's so what, one thing uh, to consider what is the um ultimate prelude in your opinion i would if you want could get a perfect fourth, fourth gen example fourth gen vtech is what i would get fourth a lot of gen a lot of great color options uh and i think they have the coolest interior coolest seats uh they have the drivetrain um and as I said, I would do all the Mugen shit to it. That's what I would want to do. It's, they, they look super I'd, cool. I'd go I'd go third gen SI. Those are cool. Mm-hmm. I just, the th- that fourth gen taillights bother me. It just I don't, I don't, don't like match the, the front end. Either. The headlights are great. Really? You don't like the headlights? Yeah. Wait, what's There's the debate? I, is there a fifth gen? Yeah, that's uh, the last one. Fifth gen is I don't like, like the, last the fifth gen headlights. Oh, yeah, that's I'm a really sorry. Common. I meant fifth gen. I don't like the fifth gen oh. headlights. That's what I was saying. Third gen, yeah. I'm totally with you, Wham. The weird arching back just kills it. If you but had the, front the end fourth looks great. gen, fourth gen front, fifth gen back, put those two together. But the taillights yeah. are just like a, they're like triangles, right? Or yeah, something? but they're quite tall for the. If you look at a picture of it, yeah. it's like bad looking, not a good yep. look. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the best looking. So that one's really good looking. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna text gen. you guys. This is terrible um, podcast material, but people can look this up. Look up a fourth gen Prelude Mugen with Mugen stuff. This is I, I was just looking like, at it. It's yeah. nice. But I think third gen SI is rad too. Like they're Brian cool. Said. That, they're definitely great. Great looking, and I like how wedgy and how yeah. 80s looking they are. Yeah, just try to figure out an engine situation for them. I mean, you, people are now swapping in the later engines into those. Like that's pl- yeah, like I'm pretty sure commonplace. Isn't it a Honda? You can just swap anything. Yeah. Well, I mean. Not really. Remember can the tilted engine a, thing and like I also. swap it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not in the scene anymore. I don't know what they're doing these days. <laughs> New classic says, "What's your interpretation of a rebuilt motor?" I'm looking mm. for an LS motor to swap into our Grand Wagoneer. There seems to be a wide range of what people consider to be a rebuilt motor. Am I crazy for expecting rebuilt to mean new bearings, seals? Deck planed heads with new guides, rings, yada yada yada. It's a good question. This kind of comes back to the fully restored. Right. Yeah, and we yeah. talked just about a, this on a recent. Just as a yeah. paint job, you know. Right. Well, we so talked I about the it's... engine thing on a recent podcast, actually. Yeah, I right, think, right. Th- didn't we all agree? Piston rings were kind of like a, a an essential yeah. component. Rings and and bearings. Yeah. Uh, the wear items, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know about new pistons. Nah. I don't know if that's. I wouldn't say that's new necessary. Ca- new I, cam yeah, f- or cams. Yeah, I think uh, rings I and, and think. rings and uh, and bearings are kind of like the essential, like the defining things. I guess we'd call it right for rebuild. Right. Yeah, I think it's basically taking it down to nothing and then checking every. You know, you can reuse pistons and stuff as long as they're good, uh, and then just rebuilding everything, right? But yeah. like a lot of people say, rebuild engine when all they did was a head, like a valve job. Right, uh, dude. I've seen rebuilt engine with a timing belt. <laughs> It's like what? Yeah, that's, yeah. Really. that's a rebuilt yeah. engine. <laughs> rebuilt. He just rebuilt. Exactly. That's what they meant. I rebuilt it. It was Craigslist, <laughs> so you know, typo probably. 
Um, yeah, I think it just comes down to the people's shadiness. Yeah. It sucks because there's absolutely and... confusion out there. Like, there's definitely no agreed upon terms. Right, right. We're just making this stuff up, rings and bearings, uh, really. But yeah, but that's that. Those are the wear items. That's the stuff that creates rod knocks. Like, and, has it uh, gone, like that is standard. Has it though, gone like into to, a machine like, shop and had them disassemble things and, taken and apart. rebuild the motor? And most that's most people, I don't think. Uh, agree with that, you know, like the people selling cars, they, yeah, they have their and a head job, like the heads have to be, yeah, machined and valve job, yeah. and yeah, yeah, I think that's where they should be. I, mean, I don't like, know what like it, Jasper it, is advertising. The but. way that I see it is like if you're taking out the crank, like you're immediately, you know, you're you're immediately going into all the seals, you know, if you're taking out the bearings, so you're you're at that point already, you know, you're replacing everything yeah. to reseal the engine, so like. You can't reuse yep. any gaskets or seals, right? So, like, basically, that's kind of the, the, the where the rebuild thing kind of, I don't know, it's like, what do you call it? It's like putting the stamp on it, right? It's like if you're pulling the crank out of the engine and replacing the the the, uh, the, the rings and, and the, the bearings, uh, I'll call it a rebuild. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, there's a cool show on the Haggerty channel on YouTube where they just rebuild engines in time lapse, and mm. it's got, just set to music. I love that mm. stuff. It's it's quite uh, therapeutic yeah. or whatever because they, they yep. were doing a Volkswagen bug and uh, it's such a simple little process, but there's a lot to it, you know, where they're taking time and it's cool to watch. So And all dude, the parts well are done. just assembling themselves, right? That's so... No, oh, it, it does motion. show the guy. Oh, it shows the guy. I love the stop motion show the ones where it, it is, they go to the different angles and then it all like assembles itself. You guys have seen those videos, You know videos, what? I think right? it's a little bit of both. It's a little of both of that. Yeah. So yeah, like the motor, the motor plops down with no one yeah. and kind of turns around yeah, 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 and stuff. Yeah. But then there's parts; it shows him like doing stuff, like two things. Are, are you so. guys? But before you watch that, okay, watch but, the next big thing with Magnus Walker. It's an awful show. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> haven't watched it. I, I heard about it. To. I'm not interested. <laughs> I do like uh, rated with uh, Clapman and and. Oh, I, don't, I think Lee. that's pretty boring, dude, and not anything yeah oh i like i like it i it's watch like it while i'm working at consumer and... reports or something i don't know it's very boring <laughs> to me well you're a tough critic blaine i'll tell you that much i don't think so i think it's just like not a very you don't think show. you're a tough critic holy I, shit i think there's nothing to that show can i get around here if anyone else is gonna throw in no lane as a tough critic no lane's a tough critic i don't need to see this lane's a tough critic oh, and that's okay. okay i mean it's good to yeah, be a it's tough okay critic. um i just i thought you would go yeah i'm a tough critic but, i know so I know my shit th- have you guys seen awesome restorations I, I mean the guy doesn't need my shout out he has 3.4 million subscribers but it is such a fucking cool like youtube channel like the dude restores like old zippo lighters and sushi knives that have like been sitting around for 50 years and it's he has like um soundscapes in the background like of like like a forest or like a lightning storm and that's the audio and then he's like very methodical with how he pulls every piece apart and then he drops the parts into a glass jar one by one in the little tank and it's like talk about therapeutic it's like what's that called es ES- asmr or whatever asmr yeah, yeah it is yeah. so Who rad i mean the though? guy the guy does really good work it's called awesome restorations on youtube and he restores like all kinds of shit like guns and knives and uh, compressors from the 20s and all sorts of random stuff. There's a lot of channels like that now. There's uh, the one I was talking about with those metal toys, that guy that yeah, does yeah. all the old die cast and tin toys and stuff. But yeah, it's cool. Well, I think that's podcast. That's it. And that's all. Okay. I'm going to go buy a prelude. <laughs> Lynn's been looking the whole time. But can you do that graft we're talking about? But the integers are better, Lynn. Put the fourth, fourth gen front with a fifth gen 
I don't know. Rare, yeah. And so, uh, by the way, rebuilt motors. Real question here: uh, If you try to look for a used motor, what's the right way to do it nowadays? I I came across Jasper. LKQ Jasper. I can't just I mean, look at. They don't. They don't have just prices. Art, you're doing the. I've asked this before because you're doing the K swap, yep. so you have a source for a good used motor. But like, it. I don't know. You don't just go to a junkyard, a pick and pull, and pull one because you have no idea what the history is. What What is the good sort? You know, way to do these used motors, short of buying a whole running vehicle and just stealing the motor from it. Like I just want yeah. a motor. Yeah, I mean, I think there's you, you have. I don't know on in the JDM world. Specialists for all different brands. Exactly. Yeah, there's specialists. You have to go to a specialist for each brand, um, or or a bunch of them. Like so, the 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 ones that I go to, or the ones that I've like mentioned before, um, they import all their engines from Japan, and they're all very low mileage motors. So like that's like and 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 one of them in particular. No, it's for everything, but um, and there's a few. That's what I'm saying. There's a few. Some of them have Toyota, Honda. You know, every, every all Japanese cars. Some are hyper specialized and only do Hondas, um, and you know that's where I'm going uh, for the K24 thing. Um, and also, they're like kind of legendary in the scene. They've been around forever, and they they're known to like bring good motors, and they vet them. Their vetting process is good. You know, it's not just like grab whatever I can find. Like they actually do compression tests on all the engines before they send them over and they have like a sheet, like, you know, a checklist of things that they do. Um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't, it's not going to need a belt service or something when you get it, you know, you probably still want to do that, but at least, you know, they're low mileage engines. You have a, a VIN verified, you know, low mileage thing and all that. So, um, I don't know about other min- engines though. Like, I mean, um, outside of going to Copart and finding a low mileage LS powered car, you right. know, like, starting there um i think that's the main thing right is like trying to find a, a, a an engine that hasn't been really used yeah and that's a, yeah that, it seems it's crazy to me that there isn't just like a single go-to spot like my ford ranger blows its motor well, where do i go to get a replacement ja- there i mean literally all the auto shops use like two sources for this and it's lkq or jasper and the engines come to your doorstep st- with a warranty so mm-hmm. you can do it with a short warranty for less money, yeah. a longer warranty, warranty for a few hundred more dollars, but they come rebuilt, ready to go. Oh, and rebuilt? That's like, nice. Uh, you, can, you can get them rebuilt. You can get them just straight used. Yeah. You can get them- Interesting. Um, there we go. Like short block, long block. Yeah, but those are like the national suppliers, yeah. and they're usually pretty good. Yeah. But when you get into anything older and niche, especially like higher end, you know, 996, for example- oh, right. There's no de- there's no deals to be right, had. Right, right, right. But L- what do K- you what do you have in like mind? You, L- like K- what are you looking Q. for? What what engine? Well, no, or? he was saying like if, if my if my uh, Ranger blows a motor, it's like dude, there's a fucking thousand motors for a Ranger. Right. But if your nine nine six blows, it's like yeah, you're it's a talking special to, test. You're talking to two thing, yeah. two junkyards in the U.S. and right. Maybe they have one, and if they do, it's a total question mark, and you're yeah. probably just and, buying another. And for BMWs, it's Rancho Cucamonga. That's all I know. It's our, <laughs> there's yeah. those ones up there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but then, like, LKQ will go to those suppliers and, like, make, you know, 50 bucks on the deal by mm-hmm. buying it first and blah, blah, blah. So, all right. I see. Yeah, there you those go. Are, that, that's the answer right there. LKQ. But Copart, Copart's another good one. If you do, like, you know, you could probably get a really cheap whole car. Right. That's and maybe you parted right. out. Art's um, friend Andrew. That's what he did. He mm-hmm. bought it. He bought that Pontiac GTO from um, from Copart, and yep. he did the whole swap with everything into his uh, Starion, oh, his right. slab side Starion. 
And yeah, and there's yeah. something to be said for that, right? Because you get all the bits, all the wiring harness and everything like that. And Copart's really good. It'll tell you the details, like this is a running car or not. So, and yeah. same deal. They can just ship that right to your door. <laughs> they just drop exactly. it off at, yeah. in your driveway, basically. Pretty cool. Yeah. If you want, and the Honda one that I that I think I had texted uh, Brian about this, you know, a couple weeks ago, it's H Motors Online. They're only Hondas, and um, you know the stuff they sell is legit. Like they're 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 just they've been in the scene forever, and I, I definitely trust. I mean, to get stuff from them. That's cool. Anyone's looking. Anyways, yeah, I guess that was a cool. long tail to. Uh, That's all good. Over That's what we're here for. Long tails. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Peace. Bye. See ya. All the doors go down and the sunroof opens. Patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Do you enjoy the DWA podcast? Give us a little love and support us on Patreon and get some awesome bonuses like a weekly exclusive Patreon podcast, exclusive stickers, koozies, and discounts on everything in our store early access to rallies and other DWA events, and much, much more. Um, Yeah, it really helps us out if you become a patron of the podcast, and we hook you up with some really cool stuff. So join us now at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Thanks.